the personal pull was I had spent so many years advising people, writing documents and methods and processes and running analyses, all those kinds of things. But yet I never stuck around to find out whether or not any of it really worked. <laughs> you know, sure. it's, a, it's a six month engagement. It's, you know, it's nine months. And so you go in there and you very politely tell people all the different ways that they can improve the business that they know and love and bleed every night, you know, and they graciously accept it. And then you walk out the door and say, well, I hope that worked. <laughs> Welcome to the Invest Local Podcast, where we uncover the brilliance of local businesses that are slugging it out, serving their customers, and giving back to their own communities. Check us out at vicinitycapital.com and give us a follow on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Also, we are not making any investment recommendations, nor are we providing any sort of investment advice. Now on with the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Invest Local podcast series. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Derek Whaley. Joining me also is Malcolm McDonald. On today's podcast, we are joined today with Eric Fragoso, CFO of Deck Creations. Eric has an extensive financial and management background with a lot of different consulting for companies and advising on strategies, helping them achieve their financial objectives and operational efficiencies. For example, Eric helped coordinate budget planning and execution for an organization over 300 members of their staff and a budget uh, in excess of 120 million. So today we get the opportunity of unpacking Eric's journey to becoming the CFO of Deck Creation, a local company in the South that specializes in the creation of outdoor living spaces, uh, using materials and design decks, patios, porches, sunrooms, kitchens, fireplaces, et cetera. And one of my favorite parts, which we'll dive into, is they use uh, the quality green closet decking in their build made from 80% recyclable material, which I believe is just one of the, the hottest trends is anything sustainable, anything recyclable is, is always just, just phenomenally uh, incredible and important. So Eric, jump, jumping right in, uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your professional self and, and journey from the consulting world to, uh, to a local, local business debt creation. Well, good morning. Thank you for letting me be a part of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, let's see. So I, w I was living it up in Atlanta, working for a consulting firm, doing many of the things you described, or at least hopefully doing those things. Um, and the deck creations is out of the central Virginia area. And it was started in 07 by my, uh, by my mom and stepdad. And they started and were running this show very well on their own and growing it. Um, and they had reached really a threshold point where they were doing everything from managing sales to overseeing the construction of projects, meeting with homeowners. Uh, and it was the demand on them <clears throat> was great, as I think every small business owner will attest when you're trying to be a one man show, they're just 24 hours in the day and they couldn't do it. So they came down for Thanksgiving a few years ago and were kind of describing to me the problems that they were facing and some of the challenges and just saying, we can't maintain this pace until retirement. That's just not possible. And so I had been a consultant for a lot of years. And so I started advising them and it sort of just transitioned from there. I did not intend at the time to join the family business. I intended to keep doing consulting, which I absolutely love. Um, but they kept growing and then they said, please, you have to help us some more. <laughs> and 
so it, it, there was a there was a period of time where I was doing a lot of nights and weekends for them while consulting during the day, and then I just said, nope, I can't do. I got to pick one. There's can be one path, <laughs> and that was that's how I joined the family company. Sure. No, and that tells a lot about about you and and where your heart lies. So the most attractive. I guess pull um, was was coming from you know uh, the consulting game in uh, in Atlanta to to Virginia. I mean, what was it? Was it was it family ties? Was it local? Um, what was the the biggest the biggest pull? The biggest draw? Uh, so on the, on the debt creation side, the draw was that they had built a phenomenal reputation. So Don has grown up in the Central Virginia area. He, he knows all kinds of people, he, you know, all through the, the levels of school and education. So they had just a fantastic local business um, that was, had all of the core ingredients for growth. But just like anything, you're, you're good at sales or you know your product, but running a business is a little bit different. When you make that transition from, I'm just kind of managing my books and it's, it's sort of my daily life into passing that responsibility onto other people. That's where it got scary. And so they, they wanted help doing that. And so that was the business pull. Um, the other, the, the personal pull was I had spent so many years advising people, writing documents and methods and processes and running analyses, all those kinds of things. But yet I never stuck around to find out whether or not any of it really worked. <laughs> you know, sure. it's a, it's a six month engagement. It's, you know, it's nine months. And so you go in there and you very politely tell people all the different ways that they can improve the business that they know and love and bleed every night, you know, and they graciously accept it. And then you walk out the door and say, well, I hope that worked. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it just seems to make sense to eat my own dog food. You know? <laughs> well said, well, well said, you know, you, you were just, you were having little, little stakes of ownership, you know, putting in all this foundation and, you know, now you get to see the house actually being, uh, being built. No, that's, that's great. I, so I, I personally have some friends that, you know, work in, in that, that the, your past life, the consulting world, the Accentures, the Deloitte's, you know, yeah. the, the, the monsters of the world that are just, you know, oh, wow, what a speed, what a, what a level of, and the fact that you were able to do day with them and, and night with, with the family business is superpowers my friend good for you not all heroes wear capes yeah. right is that that's that's probably on the back of your your bumper sticker so so challenge is you know coming coming back to the local scene would you mind sharing and now that you're at you cfo of debt creations um what are some of the the, the challenges that you're seeing uh now i guess the first question would be how long has debt creations been uh in in business um that should be my first question how long has debt creations been in business so they um opened its doors in 2007 Okay. So uh, about 13 years now. Okay. Okay. And, and currently when you, when you got on the scene being CFO, what were, what were some of the hardest challenges facing debt creations that you saw right, uh, right through the door? Right, right out the gate. Some of the challenges were very tired owners, you know, in, in my mom and Don just absolutely exhausted managing the mental construction is hard. Um, if you've ever built a house or, you know, done a renovation project, it's very demanding. And so they were, they were tired and in need of help, but were highly hesitant to turn something that they had worked so hard over 
to anybody else to be a co-decision maker. And that, that was a hard, I think, challenge for them to let go and then be willing to see what would happen with something that they had built to somebody who was fresh on the scene. I, I had not done consulting for a construction company. So I personally had never built a deck. I had never done anything quite like that. Um, so that, that was one challenge is getting them comfortable with making decisions that in certain instances were the exact opposite of the way they had been doing things. And, and then secondly, the realization that in order for us to be able to bring on staff so that we could uh, grow and alleviate the work demands, we had to grow and grow rapidly. Um, and so that meant that we needed to hire people, but yet we had no defined, nothing was defined. What is the customer experience like when they, when they first call in, who answers the phone and how is that handled to the simplest, you know, who manages all the material orders. We had no standard operating procedures. Um, none of that had been defined because it frankly hadn't needed to be defined, but now it needed to be. For us to grow and so that was the hardest thing is we didn't have a rule book and in turn not knowing how we did things in some ways we weren't really sure why we did them you know or who we were as a company what were our values and what mattered to us because uh, we were just trying to get the job done we there was nobody to stop and say well why exactly do we do it that way and that was that's sure. what i stepped into and that's why it made such a good fit for me to come in and be that person sure. No, no, efficiencies and, and just the, the one-on-ones of organizational, I, mean, I don't care if you've, you've got five people on your staff or 500 sometimes, those things are, uh, they always always can be refined and, and improved. So you, you brought up, and I'm genuinely curious, and I'm sure our listen, listeners are too, the ones that are, are whether they're starting a local business or they're, they're fresh in or well on their way, finding people. So you talked about, you know, growth, being able to meet, meet demand. So in, in, in your current local town city finding people how were you able to as soon as you got on finding one the right person um or just getting getting that word out especially in uh in the construction because the construction you know industry is, is doing quite quite well from some of my peers that i hear whether it be carpentry or or and so finding but finding good people seems to be some of the biggest biggest obstacles how were you able to and what what advice and practices do you re recommend for finding the people so, so the first thing that I did is you have to sit down and I think in one hand sketch out, and this is exactly what we did. We sketched out what we wanted the person to do and then ask questions like, is this reasonable? Is it manageable? Can a person actually do this in a given week or day? But then we also, and this is one of the things that um, was very much a part of our life in consulting. I did a lot of hiring for our firm. And so culture was important. And so just as much effort has to be put into the type of personality that can be successful in the position you just defined. So I would sit down and I would say, okay, I want the person to do this. This is what a standard 24 hours would look like, a week's worth of work, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then I would sit down on, on sort of the right column and say, these are the characteristics of a person that I think could be successful here, whether that's, um, introverted, extroverted, easily flustered, confident dealing with ambiguity, or somebody who can push back in a polite way, or, you know, just all of those intangibles that make the person successful in doing those tasks. So 
we sat down and, and, you know, did the, you know, the pros and cons did the list. Um, so knowing who you're looking for is absolutely step one. Um, and, and sort of gauging, okay, on these things, we can fudge a little bit, you know, these characteristics, you know, that you don't want to put the gregarious outgoing person as the guy who's going to be in his office all day long. You know, so you just, you have to anticipate those things up front before they become a personality conflict later. So we did that. But then practically speaking, we just started going down everywhere we thought people that were good at that job would be. And so when we wanted more carpenters to come work, we would start calling supply houses and say, who are your really busy people? Who are the carpenters or the electricians that you see all the time? that you don't really have problems with, they seem to be on top of their game, and then we would approach them and, and seek to <laughs> lure them over to our side. Um, that's brilliant, that's, that's brilliant, right? Yeah, because I, I was thinking the same thing, like how would you find a great, but you're right, who, the suppliers, who's easy to work with, yes. right? Who's got empathy, who's not gonna snap, who looks you in the eye? Yeah, no, that's, a, that's brilliant actually. All those, all those good characteristics, and then we look at, um, I, I tried to look at other industries. So I know that in the early days of Southwest, they did a lot of recruiting and they specifically targeted individuals who had been a part of cheer squads because they were the energetic, very friendly, you know, warm, inviting personalities. Um, and so that helped them find flight attendants that were, that helped build that culture on the flight. And so one of the things that we have done is looked at, um, like medical practices and looked at their staff because they end up, even though it's entirely different than the construction industry, they deal with, um, you know, fast paced environment, stressful situations, heavy government regulations. There's always um, chasing after money, which is an inherent part of any construction. You're always chasing the customer to pay you. And it's more interesting <laughs> in COVID. Um, but, um, but, you know, people who work in medical billing, people who work in medical practices deal with that kind of environment. So I would say secondarily, look at industries that totally irrespective of the content, but deal with the same patterns of behavior and then go try to poach those people. Brilliant. I, I, it's uh, finding the, the devil in details right here. That's wow. I, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of pens are clicking, <laughs> clicking right now. Um, so, so, so now that you have them, you, you've recruited them, you've had them. So individual growth, uh, employee morale, and you mentioned COVID, right? So, you know, right, right now, how, how do you, you know, bringing your skill set, managing teams, hiring people now, now that you have them in, what's something specific at decorations that you all do with, with the employees, um, as far as morale and, and just kind of mentorship, individual growth and keeping the team, you know, that, that passion that attracts you know, people to want to work with you. How, how do you guys cultivate that and grow that? Yeah, it's, I think it's an interesting time because you're battling a sort of pervasive societal fear, like a culture of fear. Everybody's afraid of getting sick or, or dying or not being with the loved one who is dying. So I think there's a lot of anxiety and fear that, that flows in an undercurrent to attitude. So we try to, we do things like we have quarterly meetings, which we'll be having this week. Um, and we get together, we do a review, we try to be very open about how the business is, is going and, you know, what our sales metrics are and, you know, how we're interacting with customers and how profitable our jobs are. 
So we try to be very transparent in, um, in how the business is doing to give people a sense of comfort of like, oh, we're okay. You know, could it be better? Absolutely. But is there a reason to panic here? No. Um, so we, we try to give encouragement wherever we can. We do the quarterly meetings. We try to get together for events once a quarter. So we'll do the, you know, top golf. Uh, we've done that a couple times, um, which is a lot of fun as a team. Um, we, we have regular calls and we, we have regular calls. I call everybody individually. We sort of share that. And I, I seek to always ask open-ended questions. What can I do differently to help you be successful? Or what do you need from me to help you this week? Or, um, you know, what suggestions would you have for making the next customer's experience better? And truly some of our best ideas and some of the things that have been the most beneficial for us financially or helped us win the most work come from, the, from our own team members. Brilliant. No, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and, and coming, let's, let's take a good segue into the victories, right? The, uh, the, the positive, the moments of, as, as a team, you know, do you mind sharing one? Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit while you, while you think about it, but just as far as a, a team effort, maybe an idea from, from one of the team members that actually went into play and then you all saw it cultivate. Cause I, I have to imagine now in the construction, whether it's hot tub, pool, patios, construction add-ons, everyone's kind of, instead of going out, vacationing, everyone's kind of trying, bringing that vacation, that experience back home. And they're, they're, they're wanting to create a space, uh, I guess in your case, um, to where they can grow those, those family memories, you know, bringing people, you know, to, together and seeing, like I said earlier, some of the stuff on your website, like, oh my goodness. I mean, it just, everyone just looks at that and like, yes, I could see the party there. I could see my birthday party there. I could see, you know, just us that night after a long day underneath the fan, you know, watching, you know, Phil Mickelson hit a ball. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, one, you know, how, what idea came and how did you implement that to, to kind of give that customer experience? And then what tools do you use to be able to communicate with the customer and say, Hey, here's what we can do for you. Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic question. Um, one, one of the things that probably was most impactful on our, on our business came from our, one of our project managers. And, you know, he, after being around for a few months and he, you know, learned the ropes and, and then sort of saw things in a way, he said, we, we've got to stop doing, we've got to stop building in this particular fashion. And so he actually and I sat down and, you know, knowing what material you need to build a deck is a, a challenge. Knowing, you know, to build a house, how many screws and how many different types of screws and the length. And, you know, there's just all so much that goes into knowing what, it, what it's going to take to build that project. And so he sort of seeded the idea and we developed it of what if we did component did a component approach to a project. And so we started breaking down all of our projects into individual components and then calculating what it would take to build that particular thing. Um, and so it evolved from that to now we use um, essentially an application that within a few basic metrics, um, we give sheets to our sales team. They collect certain data points, they take it back, we run it through our application and then it, it tells us exactly what we need to build that project. 
um, it's, it, it was just a fantastic genius idea where he said, we should 100% set the standard, you know, like standard oil or, you know, I mean, it's been done so many times before, um, but he just, he had the great idea of let's bring it to construction. Um, so we've had that, we've had another, one of our project managers come out and say, let's write standard operating procedures about what every interaction with the homeowner should be like. The things we want to highlight, what we want them to see. So when you're dealing with a homeowner and you're talking about a project and let's say 80% of it is going great and 20% they don't like, there's a couple extra screws that they want plugged or the railing needs to be tightened a little bit. So we try to, um, own the direction of the conversation rather than just, Hey, what do you think? <laughs> because that conversation sure. is not good with the homeowner. But if you direct them and you say, Hey, the railing turned out really nicely. Is there anything about that you want changed? Then we can, it gives us actionable steps that we can take to improve it. And it makes it objective rather than the subjective conversation of, I feel this, or I feel that we don't, we, we don't have the luxury of, of helping people explore their emotions. We have to do something about it. So, um, so that, that's it. No, I, the customer experience. Perfect. We build. Yeah. So that is, that is, that is perfect. And having an open mind and just boots on the ground that the people, you know, that day in and day out are working, you know, with the customers that can point out say, Hey, here's how we could, you know, be more efficient and, and all that. So who's, whose idea going, going back, I guess, in the intro, I talked about, you know, 80% of, uh, the composite materials you guys use are recyclable. When did that start? Or was that always the, uh, from, from inception in 2007, was that right out of the gate? It, it was not. Um, it, when, <clears throat> when the business started, most everything was built with just pure lumber. Um, it was, it was a lumber focused, you know, deck creations. That's what we built. Uh, composite was not as strong. It wasn't as good of a product then. Uh, people were hesitant and the cost was high, but through just frankly capitalism and efficiencies and time, they started building better products and we went back and forth between a few different options. And the, the one that we settled on is being the bulk of our business is the, the timber tech product. Um, it's fantastic. And like you said, it's recyclable, it's cooler to the touch. So, you know, you don't get that burned feet. <laughs> Um, and it helps accomplish our goal of where we try to minimize waste and, you know, just the constant discarding of, of lumber and materials. So it, it'll, it's more stable, it's less demand on the homeowner, less maintenance, um, and it helps us achieve our goal of building a product that is, we're just trying to do what we can to say, hey, how can we l reduce the volume of waste that we produce as a construction company? Great. I mean, efficiency, capitalism, time—three of three of my favorite things. Yeah. No, and and I'm a I'm a I'm a big believer in in um, you know in environmental stewardship, right? But not at the cost of uh, of the customer and of course the the, the company. Um, so I, when those when those environmental stewardship and fiscal and you know sustainability kind of marry up and meet each other, it's it's a win win for uh, for everybody. And so I, I applaud that. So. And one more quick thing before I, I, I kind of launch into um, the, my, my final questions. When you're working with a, a customer um, or a potential customer or someone, and then they're giving you an idea of what they envision of what they want to do and want to build. In today, in 2020, 
some of the, because people have been building things for thousands of years, right? So what, is, what are some of the practices, what are the, the in new tools that you all are working with that helps illustrate, okay, I see your idea, I see what you want to do, here's what that looks like prior to actually building it, or, or maybe it hasn't been done before. Are there any, any cool tools and gadgets that, that you all use? Uh, yes. So we have um, draftsmen that we work very closely with or, you know, ar architect draftsmen who actually we, we always sketch out just pen and paper. We start very simply because it's the most editable format as people are deciding, oh, I want the stairs over there or over here, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but then we do, we do launch into using CAD software where we, we create renderings of 3D renderings of what people's projects will look like on their home. So we take photos of the home and then we, you know, draw them up and we create them and then we add the new project to try to give it to them. We are on the cusp, I think, and it's, it was just provided to us newer technology where we can use sort of VR glasses and take that same CAD rendering and implement it so a customer can sort of hold them over their eyes and then look in their backyard and see this future of what we can build for them. Um, we are getting our legs about how we would do that and, you know, in the time frame and, and how it makes sense. But we, we see that coming and the use of drones coming. We just are not there. Right. This I mean, you want to talk about, you know, car salesman getting you behind the wheel. It's like 99% done. Can you imagine? I mean, once the glasses go on, it's like whatever you want, how much you want it. That's I right. want what I'm looking at <laughs> right wait. now. That, that's, that's exactly. I'll, if I pay you more, can it be done faster? Right. Yes. No, no yes. that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's exciting. I hope it, I hope it gets here, gets here soon for, for you guys. And, you know, and I, and I appreciate, I, I wish you guys all the success in the world. I, having personally uh, gone through my wife and I renovating uh, our old hundred or hundred, hundred, yeah, it was a hundred year old farmhouse. Um, not all, not all contractors are created equally. Um, and what my wife and I have noticed is you can tell everything by the questions that, that a contractor asked and you, you nailed it. Some of the questions you asked, instead of going, Hey, that good? Thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you think? Like, you know, but specific tailored questions to, to products. Uh, I, you know, that's, that's, uh, that, that says everything right there. So I'm, I'm glad. So your, your local, your local community being a, a family owned business, uh, which, you know, I, I think the stats speak for themselves. I think our economy is based on it's over well over 80%, you know, of, of our economy is, is geared and, and because of the incredible local business and, and family run businesses, in a lot of cases in this country, it's just the backbone of, of everything that's so great about, about America in your local community, and obviously we're big believers in local community here um, at Vicinity, um, what, what is something that, that Deck Creations does in, uh, in your local community um, to whether it, you know, help pass along the skilled trade to, to others, the younger people, or, or anything that you're involved in? Is there anything that Deck Creations is, is about? Um, we, we appreciate, one of the things that I really appreciate about, about Virginia is it's, very old you know when the english hit the hit jamestown in 1607 they they started building right away and so we recognize that what we do is building upon what was already there but there is there is something that has to be done and we we talk about it internally of we don't want to just build 
for today. We want to build for the the next generation or the people that are going to come after us. You know, I mean, it's it's one thing to say build a cathedral versus build a recreational facility for your church to meet. You know, those are those are two different uh, things that are going to represent your community because the structures around us, uh, I think, truly reflect the things that we value. And then, you know, far as like our community involvement, we you know we try to when we hear stories of people who, you know, are, are facing, whether it's needing access to their homes or, you know, there, there are always stories where people un- unexpectedly find themselves um, needing a renovation project. It's untimely, it's very expensive. And there are, you know, I'm trying to think of it. There was an example of a lady, I think, who became wheelchair bound and, you know, just things like that. We try to help out where we can, you know, just if, if we can help that customer, if we can, if we can partner together, we, we take it all into account and we, you know, we, we do whatever we can for the neighbors when, when the opportunity arises. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Okay. Two, two final questions. Um, one, your favorite aspect of, of living in the South, AKA your, your community, what's your, what's your favorite, favorite part? I, where where I live, I love that um, there's a, there are many places to walk, and and we can just kind of walk downtown. I like the i one of the I think unexpected consequences of COVID that I think everybody's starting to realize could actually be very good is that when you kicked everybody out of the office building and told them to work from home, they actually started coming alive again. You know, I have never seen so many people walking down the street after dinner as I have lately. Um, you know, over the past few months, you start seeing neighborhood kids playing because it's not rushing from school to sports to tutors to, you know, you just, you end up seeing more, more of your neighbors. And so I have, I really enjoy that. I enjoy the walkability um, around our, our business. We, and it's very rural. And so we like that where the business is specifically located, our service areas. And, but um so, you know, there's, it's just nice that it's more nature oriented. And that's what we try to bring to people who might live in a subdivision is a little taste of the country, you know, some trees and some plants and, you know, wood, and we try to bring that to them. So we just, it's just a nice blend of being able to live and work and do the things that we enjoy. How can people learn a little bit more about you, learn a little bit more about Debt Creations and the incredible services you guys offer? Is there a place we can point them? Yeah, thank you very much. It would be um, our website, deckcreations.com. That would be the, the fastest way to go in there and see if the proof is in the pudding and, you, you know, check out the work we've done. Um, you know, all of our contact information would be there. We'd be happy to help anybody who would like to give us a call. Fantastic. Eric, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. And there you have it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Invest Local Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review and feel free to follow us on any of our social media platforms. Don't forget to tune in next week for more local stories.